candle. Light a candle podcast. Welcome to the OA Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Ray. Hi, thank you. Hi. Oh my God, I'm back in an OA meeting. I can't even believe it. I thought I honestly thought this on this was like Zoom. So, <laughs> so bear with me. This is like my first time back in a room. Um, but who are you? Oh, hi. I'm. Uh, thank you. I have forgotten. Um, I am Ray. I am a compulsive overeater, a laxative bulimic, and an anorexic. Hi, Ray. Hi. And I have 34 years of abstinence. And um, thank you. And I've been in this in these rooms for 34 years. So I would love to say I was struck abstinent, which is kind of what happened, but wasn't. What happened was, and I'll I'll jump around. Um, so I was 26 when I came in. So I'm I turned 60 this year, and I'll talk about that a little later because that's really cool too. Um, yeah, yay! <laughs> Are you a 62 too? Like 1962? No? Okay, good. All right, so I'm the oldest person in the room. Okay, great. So, um, all right, so cool. I, and honestly, I love getting older, and the reason why I love getting older, and I, I'm, so, I'm so glad the newcomers are here. Like, thank you for being here, because they've all heard my story or something like it, but you haven't. And when I walked into my first meeting, what I heard was hope. And that's what kept me coming back for 34 years, because there's so much hope in these rooms and I'll get to that, but just so you know, there's a lot of hope in these rooms. Okay, so, um, yeah, so I, I walked into my first meeting in New York City. Um, I, uh, I am jumping all over the place. I'm used to this. Okay, so um, let me start. Let me, let me talk about what it was like, what happened, what it's like now as much as I can, because that'll keep me on track, actually. Okay, what it was like. When I was a kid um, in the 60s, um, my friends were all very, very, very thin because kids ran around a lot. Like, we weren't inside playing video games or watching. There were three channels, so you didn't watch television. There was nothing to watch unless it was Saturday morning, you know. So, um, so there was a lot of activity, and I lived in the suburbs, so there was a lot of activity. The kids, they would just open the door, and the kids were left to go and do whatever they wanted, and there was a, there was a farm across the street. I grew up in Chicago, in out, outskirts of Chicago. There was a farm, there was a creek, it was great, right? So I was out all the time. But I was taken after my father's side of the family, my father's side of the family is obese. My mother's side is not. They're very, very thin people. My mother was concerned that I was going to be like my father's family. And so at the age of nine, she, she noticed that I was chubbier than my girlfriends, and um, she took me to a commercial diet program at the age of nine. Uh, this, is a, this is like when kids didn't do diets. This is like a lot, like, I know kids go on diets, but this wasn't, there was no TikTok, you know? So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so I went to this commercial diet place, and I was the youngest and, and the smallest, you know? And, and, like, women, they'd be like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I don't ask her, I don't know why, you know? And so, um, so I did that. And what happened was, what that said to me was there was a problem with me at the age of nine. 
and it was my job to fix it. And my mother would help, and my father would help by, you know, berating me or telling me I needed, or like they would, you know, pay me to lose weight. There are all these things that, you know, okay. So, um, but it, what I really got from that was there's something wrong with me. And, um, and, and that thing that was wrong with me was my looks. And um, in my house, looks were so freaking important. My mother was like a beauty queen, you know. And, and so, like, she looked at me, and she was just like, eh. Like, I know it hurt her. I actually hurt, like, I hurt her to see me overweight, you know. And so it was, my mom became a higher power. My dad became a higher power. My doctor became my higher power. The nutritionist became my higher power. Whoever was helping me lose weight, it was like, look what I did, look what I did, you know. And, and I could do it. I, I've never been I've never been hospitalized in this program and I've never been so overweight that I've had to go on medication for that. So my my thing is up and down thirty pounds. That's me. But I and I and I was, I had this revelation this year, year thirty four. Um so I, I was I was in this meeting and there and there are a lot of hundred pounders in that meeting. Um and by hundred pounders I mean people who have hundred pounds or more to lose or have already lost a hundred pounds or more. Okay. So um and I'm thinking, oh, man, they got it worse. Oh, my God, they got it worse, you know. And then I'm thinking, I was suicidal over 30 pounds. I was suicidal over 30 pounds. When I lived in New York, 30 pounds up, I wanted to throw myself in front of subway trains. Okay? It doesn't take a lot for me. My binges are not sleeves of cookies. and My binges are three heads of lettuce and a jar of mustard. Those are my binges. So it's not about the food for me. The food is just a symptom for me. And so, because, like, eating heads of lettuce with mustard is not, it's not like eating a cake. It's not the same thing, you know? So, um, so it, it was just, it, it was behavioral for me. This is a behavioral disease for me. For some people, they have to weigh and measure. I can't do that because I come from weighing and measuring because of all the diets I did, where I had to write down everything I ate. And I had, I brought, I brought scales with me to restaurants when I was 10 years old. I brought my own salad dressing with me when I was 10 years old. And I would tell waiters that I had diabetes, so I couldn't eat the food. So everywhere I went, I brought my own food, or a scale, or something, um, so I could feel safe, and that my mom would like me a little more. So um, that was really hard. That was really, really hard. And when I hit puberty, that was really hard because um, all of a sudden, sorry, but I had these breasts, you know, and before anybody else did. And so a lot of um, false information got turned around that I was a slut. Um, teachers were calling me slut. Um, you know, I had never kissed a boy. And I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. So people were commenting on my body all the time. And, and, and just, and it, it actually was one of the reasons I moved out of New York City. I was, in, I was in New York when I was in my 20s. I had this long red hair, you know, and, and, and these breaths. And, this, and so I just, the, the street noise that I had to hear from men every single day where I didn't feel safe, um, some unsafe things happened, and I had to leave New York. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. So, um, so there's a lot with the body. You know, for me, it's like 
it's scary to have a body that people can see. When I when I eventually lost weight, I, I always wore really big clothes, like really big clothes. I didn't want people to see. And then there was another part of me that wanted you to say, you've lost so much weight. You look fantastic. Go put on a bathing suit. You know, so, um, so that was really hard. But um, I got into program. I was underweight when I came in, not by a lot, maybe 10 or 15 pounds more uh, less than I am now. Not a, not a great deal less. But I was so terrified of putting the weight back on. And so it's all I talked about. I was walking all over New York every day. I was exercising a lot at the gym. I was eating five or 600 calories a day. I was eating eggs, grapefruit, lettuce, mustard, and red peppers. That was my diet. Um, and once in a while, an apple. So, um, and I couldn't do it anymore. I don't know if I didn't have it in me anymore or I just started plateauing, and that scared me. I was like, what, how, much, how much more can I, can I get rid of? So I, had, I was very lucky. I was waitressing at the time. I was, <laughs> I was engaged to the person I'm still with. We've been together 41 years. Um, that's kind of amazing. Those are my good numbers, like 41 years, 34 years in program, two kids, 27, 24. One kid who had this disease who almost died from it. I take it very seriously just to sidestep for a while. My son has, was always heavy, and then when he got into high school and his junior year, he started to lose some weight. People were paying attention to him. He's a very good-looking dude. He's tall. He's, he's, he's just really good-looking. And so people just started paying a lot of attention to him, a lot of attention, and he's gay. So there was that part of, you know, looking a certain way for that community. And he started to lose a lot of weight. And he would go to Disneyland and walk. He didn't go to Disneyland and go on the rides. He'd go to Disneyland and walk, 25 miles a day. He was vomiting up so much that I was buying the buckets for him because I didn't want our landlord to yell at us about clogging up drains or garbage cans. And so I take this disease very seriously. And he was, um, and I'm not going to talk about him too much because it's his story to tell. He doesn't care if I tell it. He was literally days away from death when we put him into rehab. However... He does not do this program. It is not for everybody. He did it for a while, and he decided he doesn't like it. He doesn't want to do it. Fine. He's okay. He really is okay. Like, I, you know, there was a point where I wouldn't let him in my home because he was so crazed. I just wouldn't let him in my home. And um, now he was over Monday night. We had dinner together. We had a great time together. He's working in his chosen field. And so even, even the germ of this can help, right? Because he had, he had it in program. And he had it in rehab. So he's got 12-step information if he ever wants to use it. So people leave, but they, you can't get rid of what you know. You can't get rid of what you know. Um, and he's on his own journey. But I just I say that only because I want you guys to know I understand how serious this disease is because we almost lost our son over it. And so this is why I love getting older. We didn't think my son was going to make it to 20. He's 27 now. I didn't think I was going to make it to 30 because... When I was 26, before I got into program, I said to myself, if I don't figure this out by 30, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I do not want to do this anymore. I cannot do this for the rest of my life. So, this program saved my life. I believe it saved my son's life. Um, and that's because I have a higher power. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. You don't have to believe in God. It just makes it easier. That's all. There's, we have agnostics, we have atheists. I have a very good friend in program who's been in here, I want to say close to 40 years, 
And he was always one of the big believers, and now he's an atheist. And I love listening to him. I love listening to him. Because I don't care how you work your program. I don't care how you work your program. I just want you to get better. So if your program is weighing and measuring, I'm not going to mess with that. My sponsor doesn't do flour, sugar, or alcohol for 40 years now. I think it's 40 years. She doesn't care that I do all of those things. She has no opinion on it because she knows I work a program. And I have to tell you, that's my abstinence. That's how I got 34 years together was I thought to myself, I need an abstinence I can do. So it can't be related to food because I don't know how to do food. I only know how to diet. I don't know how to feed myself. I have to learn how to do that. So if it's going to be attached to a food plan, I'm going to lose right away. I'm never, I'm never going to get abstinence. And it tells us in the literature, abstinence is not a food plan, right? So what do I have to do? Mine is behavioral. So if I am working my program, I am abstinent, no matter what happens, because I am still willing to connect to God and to other people in this program. And for 34 years, I have never said F it. Not once. And that is, that is how I have kept my abstinence. Because no matter what, I am going to work this program. And over, over Zoom, oh my God, I've worked this program so much because I'm going to a lot of meetings because what I do um, has to do with public stuff. And um, there hasn't been a lot of that. So um, I, I had a lot of free time. I had a lot of free time. I went to a lot of meetings. And, um, and I'm hearing so much recovery. I'm hearing so much recovery. And um, I'm so grateful that I can pass it on. And I'm still crazy. And I'm still crazy. I had, in the last month, dysmorphia. Didn't know. Didn't know. I've never had dysmorphia. When I was thin, I knew I was thin. I never thought, oh, I need to like, lose another 30 pounds. I wasn't that kind of anorexic. When I was heavy... I didn't think I was 500 pounds. I felt like I was 500 pounds. I knew I wasn't. You know, like I knew I was heavy, but I, I didn't think I was, like I couldn't walk down an aisle, right? Like it wasn't, I've never had dysmorphia. All of a sudden, a month ago, I put on a little weight. My mom came to town. We were ordering in every night. We, we were having wine every night. And I put on a little weight. And I was fine with it. And I thought, what am I going to do about it? Because that's always like, what are you going to do about it? That's how I used to talk to myself. What are you going to do about it? You wouldn't be at the gym if you weren't such a fat pig. That's how I used to talk to myself. Okay? Um, what are you going to do about it? So that voice sometimes comes up. What are you going to do about it? And I said, um, uh, nothing. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to go on a diet. I'm not going to exercise more. I'm not going to restrict. I'm going to eat the way I normally eat, which for me, because I now have freedom, which I don't know what happened. I don't know. I'm like in the fourth dimension of this program. Mm -hmm. But like, I know a lot of people have relief. Like there's a lot of relief here. You, you work the steps, you come to meetings, you get relief. But this recovery is like a whole other level. It's, it's like insane to me. So, um, whew, so I just lost my train of thought. It'll come back. Um, okay, so uh, going back to what it was like. I'll keep going back to that. Okay, so I got into program. I went to a beginner's meeting on, um, on 8th Street in the East Village when the East Village was pretty gnarly. <laughs> so I literally walked over crack vials to get to the meeting, um, which was in the basement of a church. And um, 
uh, what I heard in that meeting was, it's not your fault. You have a disease. My whole life I've been told it's my fault. If you just had a little more willpower, if you could just stay on the diet a little longer, if you could just, just, just. You know, I, I, as soon as the weight was off, I was like, oh, I've, I've, I've solved. Solved. And then, of course, the weight would come back on. You know, and then it would be like two years later, I'd go on the same diet and take off the weight. And it was a two-year cycle for me. So, um, yeah. So they, so I was like, I don't understand. How is it not my fault? And they said, not only is it not your fault, but we have tools to help you get better. So you never have to do this stuff again. And I was like, I, I don't have to diet anymore? I don't understand that. Like, that's just a given in my history, in my background, in my people. This is what we do, you know? And, um, nope, you're not going to do that anymore. Well, I did it for my first year in program. I continued to diet. I was continuing to take laxatives because I didn't know that laxative abuse was a form of bulimia. I had no idea. I thought bulimia was throwing up. So I didn't know that over-exercising and Again, people weren't talking about this disease the way they do now. So I was just like, okay, cool. I'll just keep taking laxatives and diuretics and go on my diet. And, you know, and I did 12 steps in 12 weeks because my idea was I'm doing this in 12 steps, 12 weeks, done. Because that's how I go through life, you know. And so 34 years later, I'm still here. Um, and that's because I, I started to feel that relief. I wasn't as crazy around the food. I was like, and, and, and my, first, my first year, I would go from my commercial diet place to my meeting right across the street. I'd get weighed and I'd go over. <laughs> and, and I had my food with me, you know. <laughs> I'd like put it under me. And, and this woman next to me who I really enjoyed uh, you know, I said to her, I just can't stop the dieting. I, can't, I, I don't have the faith. And she said, when you're ready. When you're ready. And it was like almost instantaneously, I was like, I'm willing. I'm really willing. And I started calling people. I'm like, what do you eat? Is popcorn a meal? And then, you know, like one person was like, I don't know. Do you think popcorn's a meal? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. And then we talked about it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe that's not a meal for me. Like maybe I actually need some nutrition. Right? And I know, we all know everything about nutrition. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you, I've been macrobiotic, I've been vegan, I've been vegetarian, I've been all those things. Not one of them were done for my health or for animal rights. Not a single one. <laughs> it was all about how can I make my food smaller so that I can be safe and carry my food with me. So when I go away on a trip, half of my suitcase is my food. And then I'll feel safe. Right? I heard somebody in program, she lives upstate, uh, she lives upstate now, Ramona. Love her. So Ramona would say, I fear no dressing room, no menu, and no country. And I was like, what? How is that possible? How could you go to another country and not bring food with you or not know what you were going to eat? Or, and now, I don't care. Uh, where, you, where, are you, where do you want to go to eat? Sure, great, let's go. I had to eat at one restaurant in New York. Its name is Sue Ann. If any of you know it, it's a macrobiotic restaurant. And it was down the street from me, and it had to be at 6 o'clock. If it was 6.15, it was not going to work. You know, like all these rules. And my husband was so happy when I gave up Sue Ann. He's like, God, I hated that food. I hated that food. <laughs> it's macrobiotic. It's, you know, he just did. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I would still go there. 
Um, I would. I like their cornbread. Um, so <laughs> it was like a brick. I remember that. It was just this brick of cornbread. Um, so I had a lot of rules around my food. You know, I couldn't eat in front of people. Um, I learned that from being around my parents who were always watching me. I would sneak the food behind my back. You know, I'm like, good night. Whoa. <laughs> okay, and that's what would happen. So, and I'd be like, yeah, I'll see you later. I'll see you later. And then I'd go in my room and I'd eat. And I, that helped me. My father was crazy. He screamed all the time. I did not feel safe. He threatened to kill me on many occasions as a child. He said to me, if I had a gun, I would shoot you now. That's what I heard, okay? Now, I've worked through this with my father. We're good. He's dead. It's all good. But, you know, it really is. Like, that's, that's the beauty of another program. Um, but, um, but anyway, you know, uh, he did the best he could. He really did. I mean, we're all doing the best we can. <laughs> we give ourselves a break, you know? Um, but uh, I needed food. Oh, my God. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified that I was going to be thrown out of my house. I had a little suitcase packed all the time, you know, and I was like, I'm ready to go. I had my grandparents' phone number and all this kind of stuff. So it was like a, it was a really stressful, like really stressful. And my mom never said anything to him. She didn't protect us because he was the man and he, you know, it was his work. So, um, yeah, so that food really helped me. It really helped me. Until it didn't. But I'm really grateful for that. I'm so grateful that I had some soothing, some comfort in a home that did not feel safe. And so I'm really grateful for it. I'm really grateful for it. And, um, and it brought me into this program. So not only do I have tools to deal with this, this thing, I have tools to deal with life. And when my son got sick, I knew what to do. I knew to go to a program. I knew that I knew I had to find tools to deal with that, you know. And so, this is like like they say the the, the steps are for us, and the traditions for everybody that we come into contact with, right? And so I really believe that. And um, oh, so I uh, okay, so yeah, all right. So I got into the program. Things got better. I <laughs> I was worried about getting into my wedding dress because I was I came in 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 um, May. And we were getting married in August. So I was, I was really scared. I was really scared. Um, and that's why I was dieting. Um, and I did fit into the dress. And then we went on honeymoon. And I was like, woo! <laughs> you know, like, I used to call it the great god of vacation. That's what I, you know, it was like, when I went away, all bets were off. And so I definitely ate during my honeymoon, no question. Um, and now, it's funny, like, I was thinking about this. People were like, you know, if I knew I was going to die tomorrow, I would just go nuts and I'm like I don't I wouldn't like that used to be a real thing for me like I you know if if I knew that I was going to die I would eat everything on the planet you know and now it's like I don't want to do that I want to be with my friends and my family you know we could have meals together but I don't want to take the food and like just go nuts you know because that makes me feel bad and I thought it made me feel good because for a while it did and so it just felt really comfortable to keep going there. And then I couldn't stop. It's like like my son, he couldn't stop. He, he, he said to me, I can't stop. Once, it, once that click goes, you can't stop. Whether it's taking the extra bite or it's taking off another pound, once that click hits, it's over. It's over. So I have to go, okay, so how do I stop that click from happening? 
right? So I told you I had this dysmorphia thing come up. I shared about it. I talked to my sponsor. I haven't written about it. That's one tool I have trouble using, but I will. Okay, I'm probably lying. I don't know. Uh, I'll try. Um, but, uh, but I did talk about it. I went to meetings about it. It's lifting. And I wasn't afraid to put on my pants, which, of course, fit. I'm like, I'm crazy right now. I'm crazy. And so I was afraid to put my pants on. I even had fear about putting pants on in decades because I wear one size. It's just, it just that's a freaking miracle. Like, I can't even believe it's one size, same size, doesn't matter. And all of a sudden, I was like, I'm, I'm not putting those pants on. Absolutely not. And then um, I thought, I'm being nuts. I'm being absolutely nuts. And what do I do is I say, this isn't real. This isn't real. It feels real. It feels really real. But it's not real. And I put on the pants and I said, so that's fun um, when that stuff comes up. And so, you know, I say to people, um, what I love about this is that um, I don't know anything more than anybody else. Newcomers usually know more than I do. Like, honestly, you guys do because you're closer to the disease than I am at this point. So you just know more because I've forgotten a lot. Um, but I do have time. So I know that when this stuff comes up, it's not going to last. It's just not. It might last longer than I wanted to, but it's never lasted for me. Every time I've put on a few pounds for whatever reason, instead of freaking out, what are you going to do about it? It's just like, I'm just going to work my program. I'm just going to work my program. And I found that because, I mean, when I came in, I gained weight. And that was the most terrifying thing in the world. And I went from a size 4 to a size 10 fairly quickly. And that was terrifying because I'm like, it's not the 10, it's the 12, it's the 16, it's the 20, it's the 40. When is this going to stop? I know how to stop at 30 pounds, but you guys aren't letting me do that anymore. Notice, it's your problem. Um, so, you know, and then I just, I was at the Wednesday night artisan abstinence meeting, and I, I was talking to my mom on the phone, and she was like, she always wants to buy me clothes. This is just my mom. So, I, I, and I never want anything. But that night, I thought, I'm going to ask her. And she goes, uh, she calls me, and she goes, what size are you? And I said, I'm a 10, Mom. And there was like this dead silence on the phone. You know, she didn't say anything. And I, and I was like, yeah, I'm a 10. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, and I look good. I look good. And I started buying clothes that fit my body. And literally like a month later, it started coming off. And it was because I had accepted myself. I was talking to a sponsee about this. She's like, She's like, I don't know what's going on. It's really weird because I'm eating more. And I'm like, uh-huh, it's crazy, right? Because my sponsor told me when we come in, the math doesn't work. It doesn't work. 500 calories a day, working out three hours a day, walking all over Manhattan, still not losing weight. That's crazy. And then I come in here and I'm like, I'm just going to dance every other day. That's what I'm going to do because I want to dance because I've never danced before. So when I turned 40, I, I started dancing. I've been dancing for 20 years now. And I do Latin and I do hip-hop and I will never go on a I shouldn't say never. I hope to never go on a treadmill again because I didn't enjoy it. If you enjoy it, great. I didn't enjoy running. I didn't enjoy being on a treadmill. I didn't enjoy this stair climber thing. I hated it. I hated every second of it. And so now I was like, I'm going to do, it's like my abstinence, I'm going to do something I really enjoy so I can do it. And I found this online dance thing. They have like a thousand videos, you know, and it's, it's really cheap. And it, that's what I've been doing for the last two years is doing that. I love that. 
I love that. So I love my I love my workouts. Um, I uh, my my relationship with my husband is so much better. And I said to him, uh, "Yeah, but you just you know you like me thinner because I was being an asshole." And and he was like, "No, that's not it. You like yourself when you're thinner. I don't care what you weigh. I could care less. But you're not happy when you're when you're eating. You're just not, and you're mean." And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm with somebody who will accept me at any size, who thought I was gorgeous when I was pregnant. I'm like, well, okay. But he, like, he, was, he was like, yeah, you look great. You know? And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know? And 41 years later, I was telling um, this at a meeting the other day. He's teaching in the desert. He's coming back tomorrow. And he wrote me this thing, I love you, I love you, I love you, like five times. And I was just like, Oh, that's so sweet. And that's because I'm learning how to take care of myself. So I have a high-quality person, you know, who I'm still really in love with, which is a miracle. Because um, I'm somebody who cuts and runs. And I've tried to leave this marriage a few times. Like, I'm out. I don't like this. We're, we're done here. You know, because that's how I run my life. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't let, he's like, no, we're working this out. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. And I'm really glad I have somebody like that in my life because I'm a runner. I'm a runner. I will get the hell out. I don't want to be, like, it's like with addiction, I can just close it down and move on. You know, like all those emotions, just close them. Thank you. Okay. So I'll just go through what my, what my day looks like now, and then I'll take some questions. In the morning, I get up, and I set an alarm for a half an hour, and I um, during that half hour, I... Talk about all the things I'm powerless over to God. And then I say, but I know you're going to kick me back to sanity today, God willing, you know. And then I'm like, and now I want to turn my will and my life over to you. Please, please, please let my, my will and my life be in line with yours. And then I say, are we going to remove anything today? What's, what's happening? And so I talk about six and seven. And then when I, when I mess up, I, I make apologies very quickly. I had to make an apology to uh, somebody who worked at a spa the other day because I got a little testy with them. And I had to go back, you know. I was like, I'm really sorry. That was just gross. Don't, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not that person anymore. Um, so, um, yeah. So, like, I'm accountable, you know. And I do a 10-step every night. And, again, if you're new, don't worry about it. And, um, you know, I do the 11th step, I do the prayer in the morning, and I'm doing a 12th step now. So I really work this program pretty hard, you know. Not because I want you to think, oh, she's so cool, because my life depends on it. Because if not, without this program, I'm going to throw myself, not in front of subways now, but a bus. It's pretty easy to kill. It's pretty easy to kill yourself in L.A. I just want you to know that. Like, it is. It is. I've thought about it. It's not that, you know, it's, it's just as easy as New York. It's not, you know. You can do it. So, um, but I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. I have no desire to do that today. And I'm really grateful for my life. I'm really grateful for my life. And um, I'm grateful that I don't diet anymore. I can't believe it. It's a miracle. I, I, after that first year in program, no diets, no laxatives, no gum, no diuretics. Like, all this stuff, it's gone. I, I can't believe it. And I'm the size I always wanted to be, although now that I'm at the size, I'm like, I could be smaller. That's my disease. And I don't do anything with that with that voice. I just go, oh, yeah, good for you. Next, you know, because I don't want to hear that voice. It's not going to help me. 
My, my thing is attach myself to God, detach myself from the problem, attach myself to God. And in that moment, I have to take that leap of faith. I have to be willing to let go of this to grab onto that. And that's the hardest part for me. And that's the thing that I learned in these 34 years, that I'm able to do that now and, and really be with God and say to God, please help me speak to these people. Please help me choose what I'm going to eat tonight. And I leave a bite for God on my plate. So that one plate, because I can't do seconds, because if I do seconds, I do thirds. So one plate, and even if it's a grain of rice, it's there at the end of the meal. And it's the end of the meal, and it's thank you, God. Thank you for nourishing me through this meal. I just don't believe it. <laughs> but honestly, I, I'm like a, I'm, I'm a garbage eater. I, I'm, I eat frozen, rotten, everything. And anything you can think of, I've done short of surgery. I joined a cult. Just so you know, I joined a cult to lose weight. I'm not kidding. I really did. Thank God I'm over it. But, um, yeah, I joined a cult to lose weight because the person who got me in was thin. So um, thank you all for letting me share. Oh, seriously long-winded. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ray. Um, when you have the voice of, oh my goodness, I'm a fat pig, oh my goodness, I'm this, how do you stop that voice? What do you say to that voice? What tool do you use? So in the beginning, the big thing was not just... repeat the question? Oh, sorry, yeah. Okay, so the question was when that nasty voice comes in, like you're a fat pig or whatever, what do you do to stop that voice or to switch it around? Um, I have a lot of experience with this, actually, because in the beginning, it was like, if I'm not thinking about food, what am I going to think about? That was terrifying. If I'm not, I, I don't know what people think about. I have no idea. So just like that voice, when the, when the idea would come in, I would say the serenity prayer if I could catch it. Because I don't think you can get rid of something without replacing it with something. That's my experience. I can't just get rid of something. Just like, I'm done with that. I have to replace it. So in order to stop the thought, when I catch it, I go, next, serenity prayer. And then I say the serenity prayer. And I've, I've said, I, my, my first notebooks are just the serenity prayer over and over and over. My first three notebooks. That's all I wrote over and over and over. I didn't know what else to do. I really didn't know how to think. So that's, for me, that was really helpful to use the serenity prayer. But anything I think that stops that and changes, like changes direction, I don't know about affirmations. I, don't, I have trouble with affirmations. I cry and I laugh and I, it's just silly. <laughs> Did that answer your question? Okay, good. Yes. What does your 10-step look like? What does my 10-step look like? Well, I have this little bookmark does come from another program and it's 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 called just for tonight and um and what it does is it there's paragraphs and I go through each paragraph and you can do this yourself and it's basically like you know where did it where did I do well where did I have joy where did I have sadness um please take my please let me be humble please let me bless the people that I'm angry at you know it's kind of that sort of thing it's just and what it does for me is it prepares my brain to go to sleep, so I sleep better than I used to, because that is the setup for me. I've been doing it for like three years now, maybe a little longer, every night, and it's, it's very, very helpful for if anybody suffers with sleep, if you get a pattern, I have found it to be extremely helpful, and that's part of my pattern. So, but there's no right way to do a 10 step, no right way to do one. There's no right way to do any of this program, unfortunately, and that's the good part, too. Anyone else? 
Yes, Natalie. <laughs> um, do you have experience with like shame around like financial stuff? Yes. <laughs> yes, very much. What do you do very much. When that comes up? Yeah, because um, you know, I I raise the kids, and then I I start. Oh, um, do I have shame around financials? Okay, so yes. Um, my husband and I are both freelance. Well, now he's he's a professor now. Um, but we were freelance for a really long time with two kids, and it was terrifying. We just didn't know where the bills were. And he always made more money than I did, and then I started teaching, and then he started teaching, and he's a writer, and... It was, yeah, I still have it. Like, I'm work, I worked yesterday, I worked today, I'm now, I'm, I'm booked through the next couple months, thankfully. Um, but I, I definitely feel better when I, when I say that I'm working. And it's not just about the financials, it's about me. I never had fear of financial insecurity until I married my husband, because he grew up with financial insecurity and I did not. Mm-hmm. And it rubbed off on me. And now I have to say, this is what I say, I say, it's goddess's money. It has nothing to do with me. It's goddess's money if she wants to give it to me. And I go, please rain on me. Like, I do that every morning. I'm like, all right, let's open those spigots. Bring them on, you know? Why not? And actually, checks started coming in when that, I, we were just like, even my husband was like, okay, that's weird. And I was like, I know, all these checks are coming in. So I think the power of prayer actually works, and, but I still, yes, I, I have financial insecurity because my kids, because of the, the careers they've chosen, we're still helping them quite a bit, and we don't have enough to help ourselves, so we're, so I'm in a different program, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, any other questions? Yes. Your experience of having kind of like the eyes on you, family and otherwise, how did you kind of heal from that experience? Um, so having the eyes of the family on, on us, how does that, how do we heal from that? Because they're always looking at you because it's what you're talking about all the time. So they're, you know, they're like, they're looking at your body because that's your, that's your topic of conversation, right? So, um, so what happened was uh, I told my mother she wasn't allowed to comment on my body anymore. I just said to her, look, you know what, it's, I, I, I can't do this with you anymore. I, and she'd be like, no, you look great. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I don't want you looking at my body and assessing it in front of me. My mother-in-law still does one of these. I can't talk to her. She's an anorexic. She's, she weighs less than 90 pounds. And she's 85 years old. And she's still in this disease. And it's just, it's awful. Like steamed vegetables and non-fat American, like, plastic cheese. It's just crazy, you know? And, and I have to remember that I'm, I'm very lucky that I got this and she didn't. And she's one of the people I pray for in my tents. <laughs> um, anyone else? Did that answer your question, by the way? Okay, good. Yeah. Hi. I've found that lately my priorities are not exactly where they should be. So my question to you is, when you start to, um, you mentioned higher power, um, believing in that kind of guiding you through your day, I noticed that I tend to do the whole, what's the next indicated action? And that ends up interfering with my higher power because now I'm in control. Mm-hmm. So how do you, did, like, organize that? <laughs> how do I organize myself yes. when my plans are not necessarily in line with higher power? Exactly. That's my Okay. Situation. 
Well, that's really hard. <laughs> I mean, that's really hard because you got to pay the bills too, right? But I also think that sh I should be doing it differently. I heard you say should, and I, that's like that's a, that's a red flag for me with my sponsees. I'm like, go back, and let's and and let's talk about what that what that actually means, okay? Because um, there's no shoulds. It's just you get to do this. You get to do this, and you get to figure out what works best for you. That's really how I feel about it. It's not you should, you have to, you must, you get to. Because I don't have to be 85, less than 100 pounds, eating plastic cheese. <laughs> I get to do this. That's a gift, right? Okay. I my time is up. Thank you. Lisa, we're gonna stop this. Cool. Thank <laughs> you.